You're listening to the Jewel City Podcast. Make sure to rate the podcast and share with your friends. You can join us in person Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6 p.m. We have something for all ages or online at 10 a.m. Make sure to check out our live groups or small groups. In this podcast, we're gearing up for war with our series Built for Battle as we go through each piece of the armor of God. My friend Doc Dino brought me a sword. My goodness, Doc. I could do some damage with that thing, huh? That's the kind of, man, it's just come to me. That's the kind of damage we could do in America if we vote Bible. I've got a few people with me. The rest of you ain't real sure. All right? So we're in our sixth week already. Every time I turn around, it's Sunday. It's like we're having four of them a week. What is going on? So the series title is Built for Battle. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, I'm built for battle. I got this in me, I gotta let it out. Woo! That's our battle cry today. So today we're talking about the sword of the spirit. Spiritual warfare. Battles will come, but battles don't have to stay. And battles don't come every day. And I slid this one in on the media team, so don't blame them because they don't have it. First Peter chapter four, verse 12, beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you as though something strange, some strange thing has happened to you. Battles are gonna come. Don't be caught off guard. Don't, don't think it, something strange is happening. We're on a battlefield, do you hear? There is a devil that does not like us. There is a devil that does not like America because God was founded on America. Can someone say amen? amen. So you and I are on a battlefield and we gotta have our weapon. We gotta be ready to fight. So today we're gonna to look at one of the most aggressive, offensive weapons that God has given the body of Christ, the sword of the spirit. So I'll read out of Ephesians chapter six, verse 17, and then you may be seated. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Pastor Eric, bless the reading of the word of God this morning. Almighty God, we're thankful, Lord God, for the sword of the spirit, Lord God. We're thankful that your sword is sharper than two-edged sword. Lord, we're thankful, Lord God, that it, <laughs> that it cuts, Lord God. Mm that it cuts the soul and the spirit, Lord God, that it separates flesh and truth, Lord God. And Father, I pray that your word will go forth today, Lord God. Father, that it would cut us, Lord God. Father, that it would cut us with the truth, Lord God. There's only one way to the Father, and that's through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And it's his word, Lord God. And Father, we, we read the red and we pray for the red, Lord God. We pray for the power, Lord God. I pray that that truth would just fill us up today, Lord God, yes, that we God. would examine ourselves. Are we walking mm -hmm. in the flesh or are we walking in the truth? Lord God. Father, today, Lord God, is the day of salvation. Those that don't know you, Lord God, those that have never confessed, I pray that the Spirit is knocking at their heart right now through the worship service, Lord God. We exalt you, we magnify you, Lord God, and we lift you up and say you're the King of glory. And Lord, we're just asking your anointing to flow in this place today in the name of Jesus and amen. Amen. You may be seated. Ephesians chapter six, verse 17. I want to read that one more time and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. The word for sword as used in this text comes from the Greek word matura. 
The word sword here is taken in the Greek from a word called matura. This sword was approximately 19 to 22 inches long. So doc, the sword you gave me today, the one lying here, was used more for a parade. The sword that we have down here on the Roman soldier, it's only about 19 to 22 inches long, and there's a reason, and I'll get into that. So it, it, approximately 19 to 22 inches long with a very sharp blade on both sides, razor sharp. It was a weapon of murder in the hands of a trained soldier. You're not gonna kill the enemy and destroy the enemy unless you are a trained soldier. How do you become trained? You become trained by living in the scriptures, by living in the word of God. Somebody say amen this morning. So Paul used the word matura in this verse to describe our sword of the spirit. In Ephesians chapter 16, or excuse me, 6 verse 17, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Somebody say word. word. Somebody say word. word. The term word is taken from the Greek word rhema. Somebody say rhema. In the New Testament, rhema describes something spoken clearly something spoken unmistakable, spoken in an undeniable language. So the word rhema carries the idea of a quickened word, such as a word of scripture, where you're in a season, you're in a storm, and all of a sudden, this word rises up in your mind and in your spirit, and it quickens you, it is a rhema word, something that you have studied in the past, something that you have heard in the past, it's a rhema word. Or a rhema word from the Lord that the Holy Spirit supernaturally drops into a believer's mind. Have you ever had a situation where all of a sudden a scripture just came to your mind when you needed it? Have you ever had a situation where it wasn't a scripture, but a direct supernatural word from God with instruction came to you just out of the, the heavenlies? That's a rhema word. So Jesus referred to this quickening. Go with me to John chapter 14, verse 26. But the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and what bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. That Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit shows up and will teach, teach both the word but also how to live the word and how to walk in the word. But the Holy Spirit will also bring to remembrance which is a rhema, the Holy Spirit to help remember all that has been taught to you, the word of God. To help especially in the moment of a trial when the truth is needed. My goodness. Can't tell you, my own personal self, there's a lot of scripture, I can't tell you the book. 
I can't tell you the chapter. I can't tell you the verse. But when I need it, I may not know the verse or the chapter or the book, but I got the word. Because the word is a reservoir inside of you. And all of a sudden, you can't remember where, but the word comes up. What is important is the word. It's good if you know the book and the chapter and the verse, but what is best is when that word, that rainbow word that you know comes up inside of you and it just quickens in you and that is your defense. Somebody give God a hand clap and a shout of praise. A rhema is a specific word or a message that quickens in our hearts, in our minds, and it touches us at a specific time for a specific purpose. Depending on the purpose, you'll receive a different word. My goodness, it just seems like it's in me and I just wanna let it fly. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, he's about to let it fly. So when Paul says the sword of the spirit, he's speaking about the word of God. He's referring to the Holy Spirit's ability to make a word come alive in our hearts and in our mind at a moment of need. Does anybody in the house know what I'm talking about? You've been in a dark place, you've been in a weary place, and all of a sudden uh, there was a rhema word of God that rose up in your spirit, and by God's grace, you took that word and you overcame the enemy. Give him a hand clap and a shout of praise. So the sword and the loin belt, they are inseparable. The sword hung from a clip on the side of the loin belt. And when a rhema word or verse drops in your spirit, it is so powerful, it is as if God has put a supernatural sword in your hand. Now, I, I would prefer, Doc, no offense, to use this one here that's a little bit shorter, 18 to 22 inches of long. And when that rhema word uh, comes into your spirit, into your mind, uh, when it's either scripture or God drops a word into you, you are, whoa, man, you are, uh, you've got a sword in your hand and you are powerful because it's supernatural and it's from God. So what I wanna share with just, I can't speak about your rhema experience, but in the fall of 1993, in the middle of the month of October, which I believe we're there right now, 29 years ago in a little church uh, singing with a quartet called Jewel City Quartet. I'm singing a verse by myself, the child of the king. And all of a sudden, uh, there was a rhema word from the Lord uh, that dropped out of heaven and landed into my spirit and I laid down and I dropped my microphone and I laid face down for approximately 20 to 30 minutes receiving a rhema word from God and I stood up in a church that I did not know anyone and I spoke through the snot and the tears that God has given me a word tonight to open up a church and name it Jewel City and hundreds would come from the east, the west, the south, and the north, and God placed a sword in my hand. Oh! God help us. I gotta be careful, I can just throw that thing right there. I just stuck it in the floor and it stuck. A rain the word. 
a rhema word. So what is a two-edged sword, a two-edged sword? I've enjoyed myself asking people all week. I've had all kinds of answers. When the apostle Paul, excuse me, when the apostle John received his vision of Jesus, man, this is so good. On the island of Patmos, this is what John said about Jesus. In Revelation 1 and 16, and he had in his right hand seven stars. Seven stars in his right hand symbolizes the messengers and the ministers of the church. But he doesn't stop there. He goes on and listen to this. You got, you got to catch this. And out of his mouth, when a sharp two-edged sword, a two-edged sword came out of Jesus' mouth. You got, you got, you got to look at this. You got to catch this. The sword was not in his hand. It said the sword, the two-edged sword, came out of what? His mouth. The phrase two-edged is taken from the Greek word, distomos, spelled D-I-S-T-O-M-O-S. It is a compound of the word D, meaning two, somebody say two. And the word stomos, which is the Greek word for one's mouth. So distimus or whatever, detimus, describes something that is to mouth. You gotta stay with me. Revelation chapter two, verse 12, listen to what Jesus said. And to the angel of the church in Pergamos, write, these things saith he which hath the sharp sword with two edges. That verse could be translated in the Greek, in the original. This could be translated as a sharp sword with two mouths. Why does the original Greek text actually say the word of God is a two-mouthed sword? The Roman soldiers had previously used a very large sword that was sharpened only on one side. And the other side was dull and it was blunt. And in the midst of the battle with all the adrenaline, with all the emotion, and this long sword that was only sharpened on one side, oftentimes they would hit the foe, the enemy. And it would not pierce them, it would not cut them. It would only bruise them. And it would allow the enemy to come back again and again. Does it sound like the enemy in our life? And again and again and again and again and again back. This kind of sword was not fatal. The 19 to 22 inch, 18 to 22 inch sword that is sharpened on both sides, instead of slicing, they were trained to pierce. And it was said about any place on the body from here up, two inches is all it took. And it cut both ways going in, but it also cut coming out and it brought stuff out with it. Leaving your enemy in a pool of their own blood, never to come back and mess with you again. My goodness. Now the Holy Spirit is telling us that the word of God is just like that kind of a sword. 
Like a sword, it has two edges. Cutting both ways and doing terrible damage. One, very important, one sharpened edge of this sword came into being when the word of God proceeded out of the mouth of God. I wanna say it again, one sharpened edge of this sword came into being when the word of God proceeded out of the mouth of God. That was one side of the sword. The second side of the sword is added when the word of God proceeds out of your mouth. That creates the two-edged sword. When it proceeds out of God's mouth is the beginning of the one side. And it'll never do you any good if it don't come out of your mouth. So if all you do is bring it in and it never goes back out, you will hit your enemy, but you will not kill your enemy. And your enemy will come back again and again and again. You can study the word of God till the cows come home. But until you stand up and speak the word of God, your enemy will show up at your house again tomorrow morning. If you believe that, give God a hand clap and a shout of praise. So this is the reason the original text calls the word of God a two-mouth sword. You might say that the written word of God is like a gladius sword, sharp on one side, but dull on the other. No disrespect to God. No disrespect to his word. But unless you use it, it'll do you no good. So however, when you willfully plant that word into your spirit, into your reservoir, you take the first necessary step toward giving the word of God a second edge. And I'm just believing today that a lot of us, just because of a lack of knowledge, we've studied the word of God, but we really didn't understand that it's only one side that is sharpened while we're bringing it in. But I'm just believing that there's some soldiers today that is hearing the true Greek meaning of this word. And we're going to walk out of here with not a one-sided sharpened sword, but we're going to walk walk out into the battlefield with both sides sharpened and the enemy will be found laying in his own blood. Give him a hand clap and a shout of praise. Oh my goodness. Hebrews chapter four, verse 12. For the word of God is quick. Somebody say quick. What church am I in? John, the word of God is quick. Somebody say quick. That's it. That's your city. And powerful. Somebody say powerful. powerful. Sharper. Somebody say sharper. sharper. Than any two-edged sword, piercing. Somebody say piercing. piercing. Even to the dividing asunder of the soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. When God's word which is amazing, begins to work inside of you. It cuts through the muck and the mire of your mind and of your emotions and go straight to the heart of the matter. When the word of God is in you, that's what it does. God's word quick, I looked that up and it means alive. And it means living, active, always working, always quickening its message to your heart. Sharper means penetrating and convicting. It does not leave a soul alone when you're messed up and you're doing wrong and you're a believer. That word of God just begins to nag at you, begins to stir at you and won't let you rest. 
piercing. The word of God takes a man's earthly nature and separates it from the spiritual call and the promise of God. So meditating on the word of God releases its dividing and discerning work inside of us. So when you study it and you meditate on it, it works inside. But if all you do is meditate on the word, you'll only have a single-edged sword and you won't be able to defeat the enemy in your life. It is interesting to note that the Bible describes Jesus, who is the word of God, as having two-edged sword coming out of his mouth. Again, notice that the sword is not in his hand. I wanna read it again. Revelation 1 and 16, and he had in his right hand seven stars, and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword. The sword hinged entirely on the soldier's loin belt. Likewise, your rhema, your word of scripture that you need in the season that you need it is all wrapped around the word of God. The presence of it or the absence of it. If you don't live in the scriptures in that season that you need it, you'll stumble to find it. But when you study the word of God to show yourself approved, when that season shows up and that storm shows up, your rhema word will show up. I'm not finished, but I want you to stand with me, please. Psalms chapter 119, verse 30, the first part. Stay focused with me, please. We're gonna see something here that's gonna put all this together. The entrance of thy words giveth light. It giveth understanding unto the simple. Bottom line, no word of God, no light. No word of God, no light. You will remain in darkness in every area of your life. The entrance of God's word gives light. So when Jesus needed a sword, can you imagine? Jesus, the son of God, needed a sword. Matthew chapter four, verse one through three, then was Jesus led up of the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterwards hungered. And when the tempter came to him, he said, if thou be the son of God, command that these stones be made bread. Jesus is weak. Jesus is in a storm, he's in a season. He hasn't ate for 40 days. Yes, he's God, but he's man. You hear me? And the enemy shows up and says, hey, all you gotta do is this. How did Jesus answer Satan? Verse four, but he answered and said, it is written. It is written that rhema word rises up in Jesus. My goodness. It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. He said it is written, that's his sword. The Holy Spirit in all of his power and might provided a word in a due season. Jesus used the rhema word like a mighty blade and the enemy could not stand it. 
When the word passed through Jesus's mind and out of his mouth, it became a two-mouth sword. Do you hear me? When the rain of word coming out of God's mouth, landing in Jesus, came out of Jesus, it became a two-mouth sword and the enemy could not stand it. It is written. That's what Jesus said. It is written. What was he doing right there? As a young child, he grew up in the temple. He heard the stories of old. He heard the teaching of the scripture. Deuteronomy, hold on. I lost my battery pack. And my, 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 my energy don't come from that battery pack. Deuteronomy 8 and 3. And he humbled thee and suffered thee to hunger and fed thee with manna, which thou knewest not. Neither did thy fathers know that he might make thee known that man doeth not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of the Lord doeth man leave. So, uh, live. So there is Jesus. He's being tempted by Satan and a rhema word that he had heard in past time in the temple, raised up inside of him, speaking about when the Israelites left Egypt and they're wandering around in the wilderness and they're moaning and groaning and God feeds them manna. But he says, man shall not live by bread alone, but it is written. And he had a sword in his hand. And if Jesus needs a sword in his hand, you, oh my goodness, you better get a sword in your hand that'll cut on both sides from the word of God, piercing your spirit coming out of your mouth will defeat the enemy in your life. Oh, come on, we can give God a hand clap and a shout of praise. Man's life does not depend on bread alone but of every word that comes out of God's mouth. And hold it here is not good enough. So today when the enemy shows up, or tomorrow, or whatever your season may be, all this time you've been in God's house, don't worry, I ain't gonna throw it. <laughs> At least I don't think I am. All this time you sat as a child on your mama's lap, and she read from a children's Bible to you and every song that you sang and all the studies that you've had and every preacher that you've heard preached, uh, there's a reservoir inside of you and it's in there and you may not know the chapter and you may not know the verse, uh, but brother, you know the word of God that is dropped out of heaven and landed in your spirit, man. Uh, and next time the devil comes, you don't hold that word. You just don't sit there and meditate on it. You say something like, uh, Romans chapter eight, verse 28, devil said all things work for the good for them that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. Devil, you're about to get in a battle that you can't win because I got a two mouth. I got a two mouth, not a two-edged sword. I got a two mouth. It came out of the word, out of the mouth of God and now it's coming out of my mouth. Devil, Philippians 4, 13, don't tell me I can't do it because I can. Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ Jesus, which strengthens me. 
Don't you tell me, devil, I'm going under. Because the written word, it is written that if God be for me, who can be against me? Don't tell me I can't get pregnant. Oh, I ain't talking about me. Oh, no, I ain't talking about me. That's a whole nother bowl game. You better not open that can of worms today. Brianna, is she in the house? Brianna Harris. Yeah, no, don't tell me after years and years and struggles and cry and pain, but there was a two mouth sword that said with God, all things are possible. I'm gonna start calling you Mary. Mary and Joseph, somebody give God a hand clap and a shout of praise. Oh my goodness. Ha, ha, ha. I don't, I don't know what to do now. That makes a pretty good cane too, but I left holes all the way up through there. Seriously, we're in a battle, Buzzy. Don't tell me God can't heal you. Don't tell me. I baptized a young boy there just a few weeks ago. When I went to Cincinnati to see him in my flesh, I'd have never give him a dime's chance of living. But in the natural, it didn't look good but in the supernatural. With God, all things are possible. If you've got the word of God, it's proceeded out of the mouth of God in your reservoir and you open up your mouth and you start speaking. That's all I got, that's all I got to say. How are you gonna, how are you gonna fight? With that one-edged sword? Always bruising the devil. You know what I like? I was reading once a scripture yesterday and I was reading about David and Goliath. David didn't take him down with a sword. He took him down with a rock. What I like about it before he left, he took Goliath's own sword. I wanted to try to tie it into this message, but I wasn't that smart. And, but he reached back and he got Goliath's own sword and he cut the enemy's head off with his own sword. Huh. This just came into me just now. Satan was in heaven. Satan knows the word of God. Why don't you cut his head off with the sword that he already knows about? Huh? He just saw, give God a hand clap and a shout of praise. Every head up and every eye open. How many's learned something today? Be honest with me. How many's learned something? Guess what? I did too in the last couple months. How many's been fighting battles with a one-edge, one-mouth sword? How, how many's bought, fought battles? Be honest. Be honest. How many knows now you're better equipped today for coming to the house of God? Raise your hand, huh? Raise your hand. Give God a shout, huh? I'm gonna give a little diff, different invitation. If you came in this house today, you didn't even realize she was fighting battles with one edge. And today you wanna leave fighting the battles with a two-mouth sword. Step out of your seat and come to the altar and pray. Even if you can't kneel down, come and say, God, you showed me something today. Now I want you to change me. I want you to give me the boldness. 
You can know it, but if you don't have the boldness, you'll never let it out. Man, I've got a hard time believing I got about eight people. Huh? Some of you so dignified you wouldn't walk down the aisle if you had to, if there was a million dollars here. I'm gonna tell you what's here is greater than a million dollars. There's something about taking a step. Come. Come. All over. Come. Listen to me. The devil has no dominion over our families, over our children, over our marriages, over our nation. Let's let the Word of God leave this reservoir. And let's speak it. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Just be in an attitude of prayer. I don't know anyone's heart in here other than mine. From the youngest to the oldest that can understand. I ask you this question. Have you repented of your sins? Have you given your life to Christ? Not because maybe you were found guilty in something, but because you're honestly sorry. And you wanna walk with God and you wanna learn to battle the enemy to protect you and your household. If you've never given your life to Christ right where you're at, I'm not gonna single you out, I'm not gonna embarrass you. Slip up your hand real high and say, Pastor, today. All you gotta do is slip your hand up. Is there one today that would give your life to Christ? I see your hand, ma'am. Somebody else, somebody else. Somebody else, hold your hand high. Is there another? Is there another? Is there another? Am I gonna tear it all? Every head still bowed and every eye closed. Ma'am, I ask you to raise your head and look right at me. Would you do that? It's nothing to be ashamed about. Today's the greatest day of your life. The greatest day of your life. It's nothing to be ashamed about. Jesus was not ashamed when he hung on a cross for us. He's, he, he, he wasn't, we can't be ashamed of him. So I want you to pray this prayer out loud and mean it from your heart. Would you do that? Dear Lord, today, I pray and I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me, Lord. And I repent, I'm sorry, Lord, of anything that I've done against your will. From this point on, I do my best to live my life for you and to walk with you and to serve you. In Jesus' name I pray and amen. I wanna welcome you to the family of God, to the family of God, amen. Come on, church. Rejoice. Ho! Ho! One thing before we leave I wanted to share with you. That night when I got that rhema word for the Lord to open this church, that rhema word will protect your mind and your emotions and will protect your health. And I look back now, almost 29 years of the beginning of this ministry. And it was that rhema spoken word that has protected my mind because the enemy has tried to destroy my mind. He's tried to destroy my emotions, my confidence, and a year and a half ago, my health. So a rhema word is important for you to have that rhema word in your reservoir, ready to pull out 
in that season where the enemy wants to destroy you. So it is not a place to come on Sundays just to check your box. It's not a place to come just to socialize. It is a place to meet with God and to build up in our reservoir, not only here, but in our own life and live in the scriptures. And when the devil shows up to steal your mind, to steal your confidence, to steal your health, that rhema word will raise up. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Jewel City Podcast. Make sure to rate the podcast and share with your friends. You can join us in person Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6 p.m. We have something for all ages or online at 10 a.m. Make sure to check out our live groups or small groups. 